This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So do you have people in your life or people that have lived that if you could go have a conversation with them, you would go have a conversation with them? One of the people I would like to have a conversation with is James, the brother of Jesus. I just want to know, what was it like to grow up in the same household of Jesus? I mean, I want to know, how do you bring home your report card when your older brother is Jesus? I mean, how do you live up to that? That would not be easy. I kind of understand why James had a hard time when Jesus' ministry started, because he's like, oh no, he's at it again. Everybody knows Jesus. I'm Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door, and we're talking about fantasy world. And today, we're going to dive into what James, the brother of Jesus, says and what he invites us to. This is what he says in James chapter 1. He says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and definitely slow to become angry. Now, why is that so important? I believe our world has told us that anger will get you what you want. And so we use anger and fear to manipulate. But Jesus invited us to cast all our cares on him. Jesus challenges us to live a life without anger, without fear, without worry. And that's why we go to the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's do it together today. Let's be CrossFit. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? What Jesus is saying is, Nick, you don't get it, because you're still looking at things on an earthly level, and I'm inviting you to believe on a spiritual level, on the kingdom of God level. This is why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, may your kingdom come and your will be done. This is why when you and I, when we just start confessing things out over our life, the things that we want, We're not asking his kingdom to come, are we? We're asking for our desire. This is why manifestation is wrong. When you and I go to to horoscopes and we go to that, we're looking to an ungodly worldview and asking them to direct our life instead of him. And that's, that's, that's breaking the relationship. When you and I meditate and we welcome any spiritual force into our life rather than the Holy Spirit of God into our life, we open ourselves up to demons and all sorts of evil and wicked. This is not a game to be played with. They are real. Your spirit is designed for holiness. Your spirit is designed for love. Your your, your soul is meant to, to connect with the one who created you. And you can't do that with evil in this world. And so because of the relationship, because of the relationship you have with Jesus, you can go before him and say, God, I'm unworthy. But because of Jesus, I'm here today. Would you just touch me? Would you love me? Would you care for me? Would you speak to me? I welcome your Holy Spirit. Meditate on that for a while. Let that transform your thinking and your life. That's what God is saying to Nicodemus in Jesus that night. 
There's a gap between the spiritual and the natural realm. And the only thing that could bridge that gap was a cross and God's son on that cross. And he gave us access to the supernatural power and love of God. And that's why when you and I fantasize, when you and I imagine that somehow, well, I can be kind of godly every now and then and get godly results. No, you're not respecting the relationship and, and you're not respecting what God has for us. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, okay? The elephant in the room is this. You and I live in a natural world that does not understand spiritual things. And the natural world in which we live right now is telling you, for the most part, it's cool. It's cool for you to be anxious, worried, and afraid. They're actually encouraging you to be afraid. They'll tell you the likelihood of getting something bad happen to you if you just go on a walk in the park. I'm just telling you, our world lives from this elementary worldview that you should be afraid. Why? Well, generally because they're trying to sell you something. <laughs> All right. At the same time, our world says you ought to be mad. You ought to be angry about the way you've been treated. Ain't it time for you to get a little bit mad and stand up for yourself and do you some good. If you would be just a little bit more afraid, you'd be more cautious and you could protect yourself and you could live. Can I just tell you something? We're all going to die. Are you ready for that appointment? Now, I'm not saying you're going to die today. I don't know when you're going to die. And, and who knows? Maybe you won't die. Maybe Jesus will return and you won't die and you'll get to go directly to him. But can I tell you, you still want to be ready for that appointment. Can I ask, what outfit will you have packed? Are you going to have Bermuda shorts because it's going to be hot where you're going? Ah. You know what I'm saying? See, are you waiting for that? Are you ready? See, the elephant in the room is this. We live in a world that tells you you should be afraid, that you should be angry. And I'm telling you, you weren't designed for that. It's a fantasy to believe that you can live. Do you know how stressed our world is right now? Do you know what stress does to your body? And we're telling you, you should be worried and angry. And we're, we're just constantly being ripped apart at our emotional level. And, and we're, we're being destroyed as human beings right now. In your notes, I put it, I put it this way. I said, our, our relation, for our relationships to work and to get along with people, we have to deal with ourselves first. Most of us are walking around with too much worry and anger. Until you deal with the worry and anger in your life, you truly can't give yourself to somebody else. With the, with the worry and anger that you are feeling right now, it's destroying your relationship with God and with other people. From my experience, if you have worry or anger in your life, or maybe you've got both, <laughs> You're worried you're going to get mad in just a second. I don't know. You know, and, 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 and if you've got worry and anger going on inside of you and you're trying to have a relationship with somebody else, can I just tell you that's three and that ain't company. See, if you have worry in your life, that other person that you say is significant to you, they can't get close to you because you're worried about something or you're angry about something. And I can tell you this for sure, that worry or anger will destroy any relationship. Tell me this, what person that, that worries all the time do you want to hang out with? 
What person that's just full of anger and seething do you want to spend time with? Nobody. But our world is telling people, you know, girl, what you need to do is get mad. Get angry, and then you'll get some results. The only results that you're going to get out of your anger, out of your worry, is, is deeper in the ditch and more loneliness and, and, and more worry or more anger. So how does, how does worry work? Worry works this way. Worry says, oh my, there's not going to be enough. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I'm, I, 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 I just don't know what to do. I'm, I'm so worried. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, 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 I. At the center of worry is self, isn't it? And, and, and the truth is, worry says, I can't trust God. I don't trust God. I don't believe that there's a creator that would love me and take care of me. Listen, he's done a great job up until now. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. He's done a great job with you. He's going to finish that. But worry denies the power of God. It's, it's like, it's like this, this constant playing tape. You can't trust God. You can't trust God. And you got to get rid of it. You got to kick it out. Worry will take away your sleep and you'll worry more because you'll be tired. You realize the scripture says that worry will steal your sleep and your rest. And Jesus said, I'm the prince of peace. I came that you might have peace and rest. Listen to the scripture. This is Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. Notice that ruin is for the wicked. You don't have to be afraid of that. God's judgment you don't have to be afraid of. Why? Because I'm trusting him. He's got me. Jesus is taking care of my salvation. Jesus is my savior. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. So I don't have to worry about the deception. Not at all. Because God has got me. That's what Paul is telling the church. Trust God. That's how worry works. Worry takes you from trusting God. Number two, how does anger work? Well, anger makes me believe that I have a right to be angry. That's what, that's what anger does. Right, well, I got a right to be, you shouldn't have treated me that way. And I don't like it. Well, can I tell you, yelling about it ain't improving the situation. See, anger always believes it has a right to reside in your life, to, to take over your life. And all I can tell you is, it is a seething pool obsessed. I don't know. Just terrible. It stinks. It's no good. Nobody wants to be around you. And if you, can I tell you, if you've let anger run your life for years, more than likely you're lonely because people have left your life, but you can be free today. I promise you that you can, you can, you can get rid of anger today through Christ Jesus. Okay. Don't believe the lie that you can hang around. But can I tell you this? Anger is truly a lack of trust in God. What do you mean? Well, this is what it means. If someone has done me wrong, the word of God and Jesus say, forgive them. And trust God to make up the difference. <laughs> so if I, so if they did me wrong, I don't get to go yell at them and seek revenge. And, nope. You don't get to stalk them. Nope. I, I don't, I, 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 they're not going to pay me back. Nope. 
God will. Because you're trusting God to make up the difference for the wrong that's been done you. Well, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that because I don't trust God. That's exactly what I'm saying. You don't trust God. And you have to repent of not trusting God. Listen, the one that created you within your mother's womb and designed you, he's got all you need to make up the difference in your life. Begin to trust him and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this because what they did was wrong. How can you make up the difference? How can I rewind it? I'm trusting you to do it. That's what that means, okay? Notice this. Once again, when it comes to anger, what does God say to you? Don't let your anger, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Anger will keep you from sleeping. And if you, if you believe you can live with worry and you can live with anger and try to, to sleep with somebody else, uh-uh, you're destroying their rest too. This is why they're moving out on you because you're destroying the relationship because you don't sleep well. You, you transfer it to them. You're ruining their life. Can I tell you, can I tell you how you were designed? You were designed by God with emotions. Okay. So like the dashboard on your car, right? You're looking at the dashboard of your car. All right. And right over here, the orange light is on saying your fuel level is low. Now, do you get on the freeway when that orange light is on? No. Why? Because you're about to run out of gas. And I know people all over the place, the dashboard says you're angry or it says you're worried and you need to go fill up. You need to go get to God and say, God, I've been worried and I shouldn't be. I trust you that you're going to take care of me. God, I've been angry and I shouldn't be angry. I hand this over to you. God, I'm trusting you. See, when your emotions hit, they're a signal to you. You better deal with it. You say, well, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to deal with it. Then get some help. God has given you a church and there's Christian counselors. Get out of denial. That's the fantasy. I can live with worry. I can live with anger. It's going to get better. Ah! You've got to move towards Jesus. You've got to get towards him. And, and listen, I've been to counseling. If that makes you upset, I'm sorry. I needed godly mentors. I needed godly people in my life to help me through the garbage in life. Well, what am I supposed to do with with, with my anger or my worry. It says, cast all your cares on him. Okay, I did that. Well, folks, I took out the trash last night. Don't mean I'm not going to take it out again tomorrow. You people think I casted my anger on him one time and I'm done. And your, your house is piling up with other trash, other incidences you're hanging on to. See, you and I were designed for peace and joy, not for worry and anger, not anxiety and, 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 and fear and this hatred. No, 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 no. You were designed for peace and joy, but you got to keep a clean house. And every time the trash comes in, you pick it up and say, no, I'm giving that to God. Lord, I'm giving that to you. I'm not carrying that around no more. I don't need none of that junk in my house. Cast all your cares on him. Can I tell you, God is there 365 days out of the year and 24 hours a day. So you don't just have to do it once a week or once a day. If you recognize it, if the light comes on your dash, deal with it. God gave you that emotion so you could go to him. 
James chapter one, my dear brothers and sisters, this is Jesus's brother talking to you. Remember that Jesus's little brother and little brothers are precious. I know because I am one. All right. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. If you're letting anger reside in you, you ain't going to be righteous. You cannot get a godly result when you let ungodliness. So how does it work, pastor? Jesus went to the cross that I might be righteous. I put on the breastplate of righteousness because of Christ Jesus. See, Lord Jesus, I thank you. You died on a cross because you were fully righteous. You had not sinned and you died for me. And I can go before the father in your name and, and, and the father sees you and not me. I get in on his ticket, on his pass. And, and I'm righteous, not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. And because he lives in me, now I can follow your Holy Spirit and I can live a righteous life. See, your righteousness comes from him. You put on your robe of righteousness and you welcome his Holy Spirit. And he speaks to you. He teaches you. And he says, he says, don't do that. Do this. And God begins to direct you. His Holy Spirit will say, don't go watch that movie. It's going to make you afraid. Don't go watch that movie. It's going to make you angry. It's just, going to, it's just going to feed the lie that you can live with this. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. It causes, causes us to follow the godly path. In closing, look at, look at what, what Paul says. He talks about a cross-fit life. He, he talks about the same. So Paul in Colossians, he says, don't, uh, just, just abandon this hollow, deceptive philosophy and thinking of this world. And he says, follow Christ Jesus. Well, again, in, in Corinthians, he says the same thing. It's, it's the same picture that he says to the world, okay? Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. Pause. What's he talking about there? He says, when I was there, yeah, I baptized a couple people. I can't remember who I baptized. It's no big deal. When I baptize people, I just hold them under deeper and longer than you guys. It's no big deal. You ever see me watch me baptize people? That's what I do. <laughs> people say, Pastor, why do you do that to people? Because I want them to know how deep God's love is for them. I want them to know that all their sins are covered. And I want them to remember it. I want them to remember being covered by God's love. And if I hold them there this long, some of you are worried right now. This is just imaginary. <laughs> I want them to know that when they were baptized, that God took it all. And I want to give them time, because I know how much they sin, to think about all of it. That they needed a massive amount of love and God's power to deliver them from the old way of life and then raise them to a new life. And I want them to know that. And what Paul's saying is, it doesn't matter if I was the one that baptized you or Pastor Doyle or somebody else. You've been covered in his love and you now live for him. Your baptism is a reminder to you that, yes, I've chosen him and I'm following him. I'm not relying anymore on the elementary teachings of this world. You need to know something. In the ancient world, in this time, this is where we get the Apostles' Creed. In order for them to be baptized, they had to renounce all other gods. That's what the Apostles' Creed is about. 
They said, I'll no longer worship Zeus. I'll no longer worship Apollo. I'll not uh, longer worship the elementary teachings of this world and the philosophies of this age and those spiritual things. I'm in with Jesus. That's what it's about. And if you haven't been baptized, if you haven't cut off the past, what you waiting for? It's time. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. It's not the laser light show. It's not the digital screen that gets the gospel across. It's the gospel itself. For the message of the cross is foolishness to us, those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligent of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Paul says, step into being a fool for Christ. Step into the foolishness of God. It's solid. It's not a hollow, deceptive thing. It's solid. But the, but the philosophies of this world, they're going to tell you, you're crazy if you follow Christ Jesus. Can you tell me something? What is so offensive about Christ Jesus? Just tell me. I mean, he healed people. He delivered people. He set them free. He told them they were forgiven of their sins. He fed everybody lunch, you know, fish and chips. What's so offensive about Jesus? Well, I, you know, the church has done a lot of bad things. I said, what's so offensive about Jesus? See, I realize that people have messed up. Jesus didn't mess up. Are you following Jesus? Follow Jesus. Don't set Jesus aside for hollow philosophies and spiritual junk. Just eat the good that he brought you and go towards that. That's what he invites you to. And when I say take the cross of Jesus Christ, the foolishness of this world, this is what I mean. What I want you to do is to take your sin. In this case, we're talking about fear and worry and nail it to the cross. You, you apply the cross to, to that area of your life. The cross is where I die that the goodness of God may live in me. So this is what you do. You say, God, forgive me. I've been living with fear or I've been living with worry. Or, I've been living with both. If that was wrong, I wasn't trusting you. And then I, can I tell you from my own experience? I just speak to it. I say, fear, you got to get out. Get out of my house. Get out of my life. Get out of my heart. Go. Or anger, you got to go. Sometimes I even open up the door and just say, get on out. Get on out. Tell them to get the way you would the neighbor dog that you don't want in your trash can. You know what I'm saying? Tell them to get. You may not know what that means. You're from Ohio. I'll introduce you to somebody from the South and they'll explain it to you. But Lord, I thank you that you died on a cross that I might be free. And I apply that on my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. If you'll pray with me right now, I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now, let's just, let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. Let's just 
bow our heads and go before God. You know, traveling's always fun, but I always pray before I travel. So today, let's pray for those that are traveling. Lord, we live in an unprecedented time. We live in a time where people can travel. God, we can get in our cars. We can we can get on planes and we can get on boats. And there is just an un, unbelievable number of places we can go. And so today we want to pray for the travelers. But Lord, we pray that we would not venture out into any journey without seeking you. But Lord, when we do, when we go on a journey and, and you're leading us in that, We pray that you would lead the journey, that you would guide the journey. So today, I I think about the people that have to travel every day. They have to go long distances to work. They have to fly. They They have to catch ferries. And there's so many things. We're asking you to put your angels around them as they travel. But there's other people that are traveling for vacation. They're traveling for 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 rest and and for recreation. Lord, may they receive peace and joy in that. Protect them. Lord, we need your protection because sometimes we just we just travel and we don't think anything about it. We take it for granted. So today, we want to travel with you. In Deuteronomy, it says that as we go about, as we travel along, that we're to teach our children about your word, that we're to bind it on our hands and our hearts and in our heads, that we're going to hang on to it. And so, Lord, I pray today that while people travel, they will give you the glory that I pray that while people travel, they'll celebrate that we live in a remarkable time, that you are good, and that in that we will not be grumpy or complain about traffic, we will not complain about lines, that we will be happy that we have the opportunity to travel. Light our path today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were a part of that. But I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address. And we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address. And then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast 
an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.